Welcome home, everyone. Thank you for joining in on this episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. Welcome Home is a podcast where I, your host Josh, sit down for a conversation with different people who I admire and discuss whatever's on their mind, and especially focus on life at home in times like this. Wherever you are and however you're listening, thank you for your support, and once again, welcome home. everybody. Thank you for joining in on this week's episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. Uh, I'm excited to be back in the studio recording again. I think we're coming up on episode 60 now, which wow. is, is, is crazy. And um, as usual, I want to start off the show by thanking everyone who supports it and who supports what the Katinas do. And to let you know that if you want to become a partner financially with the Katinas, uh, the best way to do that is to visit thekatinas.com and you'll find a give button there. Uh, thank you to everyone who has already done that. Um, we couldn't do this without you guys. So uh, I hope that you feel my appreciation personally for everyone who has been so generous to my family and this podcast in particular. Uh, it touches my heart every time I hear stories about people who I know and sometimes people I don't know who have supported this show, so thank you so much. For this week's episode, I have a returning guest. I believe it's his third time on the show now, um, and so I'll just get into it and welcome my uncle Jesse Katina. Uncle, thanks for being here. Absolutely, thanks for having me, Josh. I uh, do you remember when it was the last time you came in to record? Man, I I don't, but I I think you just you and Alexis just moved into this place. Uh, so however long ago that was, but man, I'm honored to be back. Yeah, it's it's been a while, and it's an honor to have you here. And you know, I've been lucky enough the last like over the last month, or maybe a little bit longer than that. I've had two of your kids here, nice. sitting right where you're sitting, and gotten to <laughs> talk with them and have them as guests uh, guests on the show. And really, I think I reached out to you and Auntie, but I want to say on this platform. I think you are doing an amazing job in raising your kids, and I'm so impressed by my cousins. Uh, it's uh, I, I wish I was as cool but and as mature as they are when I was their age. Hey, thank you so much, Josh. Uh, yeah, it's been a blessing to to hear the uh, episodes where Boston and Mira J were on. Let me just say this. They've had great role models like you and the rest of the older <laughs> cousins to look up to, so I appreciate that. Of course, yeah. I'm not sure about me, but they definitely have some good cousins to look up to. Um, well, you know how the show goes. Yeah. I For first-time guests, I have three questions, but for returning guests, I only have one. Okay. And I want you to feel you can lead this conversation wherever you want it to go. So I'll start off with your question. What's going on at home? Well, um, probably like most families around the country, uh, school season has rolled around a couple of weeks ago. So me and Auntie Jessica, we've been busy with uh, with our three kids, Boston being a senior, and Mira J, sophomore, this year looks different for her. Uh, she's homeschooling, and uh, so we're trying to 
find our footing uh, with that. And Sammy is in the fourth grade. So, you know, a lot of the normal stuff, just catching them up to speed and trying to find the rhythm at home with schoolwork and their social life, life at church with me in and out with my travels and uh, Jessica working uh, two days a week and uh, just trying to, you know, figure it all out, but it's going well. That's awesome, you know. Uh, so I'm one thing I'm thankful for about getting older. There's some hard things about getting older, but one thing one thing that I love is the fact that I don't have to go to school anymore. <laughs> it's been almost three years now since I graduated college, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. And every year when you know late August, early September, whenever it is that everyone goes back to school, I find myself thinking about my dad and and my uncle's journey growing up how when you guys were you know school-aged children Mm -hmm. obviously you were going to school but you were also already pursuing your dreams when it came to music and already dedicating your life to that Mm -hmm. and I think it got brought up when I talked with Boston actually um, a week or so ago but your journey with school was different than yeah. than the typical, you know, American preteen teenagers' mm-hmm. uh, school journey is. And I've always heard, well, I've heard my dad tell me bits and pieces of like what school was like for him, and then his younger brothers, being you and the twins, uh, being even different yeah. than, than his. I would love to hear your story of like what your education was like growing up. <laughs> And and just the story of how you got to 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 the finish line. I guess. Sure. Yeah, I'll try, man. You know, it was it's quite a long time ago. I'm uh, two years away from the big five zero. Mm, so, uh, wow. but yeah, you know, we uh, the five of us, our childhood, most of our childhood, when it came to grade school, was was in Samoa. So that was different in itself. You know, um, just the way school was programmed back then. Um, and in our family, you know, being raised, uh, with parents who were pastoring the church, that was, that was priority. Mm -hmm. And so our parents, they tried their best, but there was not a whole lot of emphasis on academics, uh, not a whole lot of focus on making sure that you get your homework. That was just automatic. You should, Mm -hmm. every kid, you should just, you know, have good grades and, that was definitely not the case with me. School was a struggle, mm. man. I I often tell my kids, man, I I tried my best, uh, but it as far as my grades, it didn't always pan out. But I was just proud for it, man. I I was committed. I was dedicated. I went to school as much as I could and uh, did my homework. And you know, fifty fifty was right or wrong, you know. <laughs> but. Uh, um, So, yeah, our parents, man, they drilled in us that, you know, just focus was mainly on pastoring this church. Mm. And and then even music. You know, our dad had this vision of us brothers uh, having a band when I was seven years old. And so when I gave my my commitment, man, my dad being part of the Marines background, man, he just said, all right, man, you gave me your commitment. Doesn't matter what age you are, you're going to practice three hours a day, man. And still in that, you're going to do your schoolwork. You're going to learn your new Bible verse for church. And 
you're going to have it all ready to go throughout the week. And man, that was, that was a lot for me. Yeah. And so being a dad myself now, you know, I still have the same desire for my kids to do well. But at the same time, man, as long as they do their best, mm-hmm. uh, that's good with me, man. That yeah. makes me proud. Yeah. I think it's interesting. You know, most people, whether they, whether it's true or not, I feel like most families will say for their kids, oh yeah, education's the number one thing. Mm. It's the most important thing. Mm. And, you know, I think that's honorable and yeah. and probably a, a worthy place to put your focus, but... I've heard that from you and my dad, you know, education, it was, it was important, but definitely not the most important. It was maybe two, three or four on Mm -hmm. the list. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, it still worked out for you guys, thankfully. And, you know, I, I'm curious, you said that when you gave grandpa your commitment, yeah, was there an actual moment where you like, said oh yeah i want to be in the band or like what what do you mean when you say when i made my commitment well yeah for sure you know music was uh around our home even before i was born you know grandpa being a musician himself uh the cantinas first consisted of your dad uncle sam and uncle dave and then a few cousins uh one was on the drums his name was rex and then they also had a bass player. His name was Skeppa. And so they actually recorded a, uh, a record before John and Uncle John and Uncle James and I were part of the band. They went on tour for several months. And I remember, man, when they left the islands, they came to the mainland. Man, that just fueled the fire for me and uh, Uncle John and Uncle James. Like, man, when they come back, we got to be part of the band. And I'm not sure if I've ever shared this story on the podcast, but they returned back home, and uh, I remember we had a family meeting with a few band members uh, that they had at the time, and my dad goes, all right, so we're back, and I think it's time to expand our band. Let's open it up to uh, John and James and Jesse, but you know, it'll be great to, to hear a speech from all three of these, these guys. And basically what he was saying was, man, let's see if uh, you guys get initiated into this band according to your speech. And dude, man, I'm like seven years old. And I'm like, I don't know how to craft a speech, man, at seven. So we were together, man, and uh, everybody was in the living room. And I can't remember what John and James said. I, just, I feel like they were just automatically in the band. And man, I stood up in front of everyone. And I think I said something along the lines of, I, I think because I am a, uh, a brother, uh, and I, I think I can sing well. I should be part of the band. <laughs> and of course, there was a lot of chuckling yeah. and, you know, laughing, a lot of sarcasm. And, and uh, I think my dad said, all right, well, Jesse said what he said. If, if you think he, uh, he can be part of the band, just, just raise your hand. Dude, man, not a single hand was raised. Wow. <laughs> wow. But I remember Grandma C.I. was back in the kitchen. And we had one of those kitchens where, you know, it was kind of, it had a cutout in the wall where she can kind of see into the living room. She goes, hey, hey, what are you guys talking about? I'm like, well, Jesse, Jesse wants to be in the band, but no one votes for him to be part of the band. She goes, hey, I don't care what anyone <laughs> says, he is going to be in the band. That's good. That's And so that was the moment, man. Wow. It's funny hearing you tell that story. I, it, I think about the things that get passed down 
from your guys' childhood that got passed down to mine because yeah. I remember you know, you say you didn't know how to craft a speech at yeah. seven. Well, yeah. no seven-year-old knows how to, <laughs> but Katina seven-year-olds oh, have yeah. to do it. I remember very young, like at that age, yeah. my dad, we were actually, um, uh, people have probably heard about this, but the, the cabin, the Katina cabin oh, yeah. that we do around New Year's every year, it was probably one of the first times we had done it. Uh, my dad and all the uncles basically picked me and different cousins each day to lead the family in a devotion Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we were very young at that age i didn't know what i I was nervous i remember um but i'm thankful for that because you know i feel like every family they have strengths and weaknesses and one thing that i feel i see as a strength in our family is the ability to speak yeah uh publicly yeah i know that that's a a great fear for a lot of people and i'm sure it is for a lot of people in our family but from a young age i remember me and my cousins speaking in front of the family yeah always being encouraged what's interesting josh is i have mixed thoughts about that Mm -hmm. now looking back at it now there were so so many embarrassing moments uh as a kid you know whether it'd be give a testimony in front of the church and you weren't prepared or just uh, spontaneously stand up and sing a song because we, we need one. I've had so many of those. And I remember at the time I was just scared to death, but looking back at it now, it's, it's some of those uh, times where I've learned a lesson to know how to uh, battle my fears. Mm -hmm. And there, there've been times where, especially with my daughter, Mira, um, Mira is wanting to pursue, uh, this line of work that's mm-hmm. similar to what we do performing, performing yeah. and all of that. And, uh, man, she goes, dad, I just, I, I, I can't do that. I'm not ready. I'll be ready when the time comes. I'm like, Hey Mira, man, it's not gonna just unfold the way you want it to. Mm-hmm. And sometimes uncomfortable situations will prepare you. They'll help you. Yeah. And so we're working through that now, but man, just seeing my kids now i want to protect them from anything that will will uh cause fear Mm -hmm. or or shame and so that's why i say i got mixed feelings about that but i know for me man i'm thankful that i was able to go through some of that when i was a kid right yeah i think i think my feelings are mixed on it too you know it's easy when I when I think about just families in general, it's easy to put a label on a family as, oh, you're a Katina? Well, then you speak in front of sure. everyone. But I don't think that recognizes, you know, the different strengths and weaknesses that individuals have. Right, right. Some people, that's their gift and and, and even their passion. Yeah. And then other people, it's not at sure. all. And, and um, but with that being said, I am thankful that I had those experiences when I was younger. Mm. Um and got to, you know, I'm proud now. We've had a lot of Katina weddings in the in the past year, year and a half. So, yeah. and there's a lot of with Katina weddings. There's a lot of Katina speeches, and yeah. I'm always proud when I see one of my cousins or my uncles or aunts go, going up to speak and yeah. and and know that they're always well prepared sure, sure. and and articulate yeah. and, and confident. And so, you know, Josh, I got a memory, man. I don't know how long ago it was 
Would we do it now? I'm not sure, but you were just getting into uh, rapping, mm. and not a lot of people knew uh, outside of our family. And we, we had a concert in Atlanta somewhere, I think. And uh, it was a Sunday morning, mm. and the whole family drove up, and you guys came to see us. And I remember just spontaneously, we thought, oh, man, this might be a cool moment for call Josh up to come and just do a few bars. And I, I remember thinking, man, I bet he's scared to death. But at the same time, we're all thinking, this is the best way that we know how to break him in. Mm. Hopefully he doesn't uh, cry or, or whatever. But we just thought, this is the best that we know. Now, did it work out? Man, I thought it was awesome. Mm. I don't know how you felt in, inside, but man, I'll never forget that moment. Yeah. But thinking back uh, uh, at it now, I'm just thinking, man, Josh was probably just like, what the heck? Yeah. Man, they're just calling me up just like that out That's of the funny. blue. That's funny you, you remember that. Awesome, man. I yeah. remember yeah. it clearly, Uncle. That uh, was a, not only, so not only did I not know that I was going to get called up, yeah. I also did not have anything written. Like it was just a freestyle. Anything could have come out at that moment. And I don't remember what I said, but you know. You did good. It man. went well enough, but you did good. I should say this. I knew from a young age, anytime I was at a show, it was fair game that I, I could have <laughs> gotten called up on stage. I've gotten called yeah. up to, to sing, to rap, to share a testimony, yeah. to smile and wave, all of those things. And so by the time I probably was like wow. 12 or 13, maybe a little older at that time. Yeah. So I was well conditioned to that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I was very nervous. Mm. It was a, it almost just happened too fast at that point for me to be like, sure. for me to realize how scared I was. Yeah. But yeah, that that's funny that you remember that, Uncle. Um, thanks for calling me up. Oh yeah, yeah. man. And I, and I feel like we're a little bit more uh, sensitive uh, and in tune with with all of our kids when it comes to that. Mm. Uh, we try not to put unnecessary pressure like that or surprises. Spring it, spring it on them last minute. Um, but I know, again, as a kid, when that happened to me, I, I didn't like it at the time. But man, it it taught me and helped me a lot with what we do now. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a huge um, point of contention for a lot of parents is yeah. knowing that, how to prepare your kids for mm -hmm. different things, but also protect your kids. Sure. But well, you mentioned this uh, earlier when or when I asked you what's going on at home. Um, that you're approaching a milestone birthday here in a few years. Yeah. And I, I think I can confidently say you're one of the most fit, almost 50 year olds <laughs> I know, uncle. And, Thanks, man. Thanks, man. and, you know, I know you've always taken care of yourself as have the rest of the uncles and, yeah. and, you know, prioritized your health. Yeah. But I feel like over the past few years, at least, um, your focus on your physical health has become even more important to you. Is that yeah. true? It is, Josh. Uh, and I've always been pretty active. I love, love sports. And that obviously with my age has morphed into hmm. not playing it actively. You know, I, I, Sam, Uncle Sam and I, we still play basketball uh, two, three times a week with this group that we've been playing with for well over 20 years together but that's about all I do as far as sports I still love to watch it and um, but yeah we I am in the 
gym. I go to a, a gym close to my house uh, probably four or five times a, a week, and I kind of, I'm on this uh, program of just different, working out different body parts. So I just try to be consistent. But the cool thing is probably the last uh, three years, I've tried to get into more of the uh, nutrition side of working out, mm. you know. Um, I've always heard different theories about, man, you know, 30% of your health is, is in the gym. The other 70 is really <laughs> in the kitchen. Yeah. Now, I don't know a whole lot, but mm. I, I just know, man, the, the little that you, uh, that I do know about food and just trying to be consistent, man, it is true. It yeah. is true. You don't have to work so hard in the gym. And, uh, but at the same time, man, you want to live and you want to be able to eat, uh, what you want to eat and right. uh, you can't stay so rigid to where you're just not enjoying life you know yeah. so but I, I i try to stick to it as much as i can yeah so would you say you have a uh, a favorite muscle group to work out is it leg day is it chest day or yeah th- this is funny it's definitely not leg day okay uh S- samoans for people that know samoans they know that the typical uh what is it, uh, physique of a Samoan male, man. They're normally thick. They got big thighs. I wish you could see, people could see Uncle Joe, his, your dad, his thighs. I think they come from my, my dad. I mean, they are huge. Mm-hmm. Now, if you'd ask him, so what part do you work out the least? He would probably say his, his thighs and his calves, man. They're huge. So uh, that's... Let me interrupt you. Yeah. I don't think until... Probably my, my, before my wedding. So last year, I don't know if my dad ever did a squat in his life, <laughs> but his legs are just they chiseled are, and man. bulky. They and... are, they are, yeah. man. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I probably like to do uh, chest and arms. I mean, okay. uh, just it's e- it's easier and it's a little bit more fun. And so the man muscles. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I am glad that you brought up you know, Samoan physique yeah. because, you know, if you look on, uh, you know, statistics yeah. about health in yeah. the world, mm-hmm. um, when it comes to like just obesity, sure, Samoan, the Samoan people are going to be towards the top of the list in the yeah. list you see. Yeah. And, you know, I think physical health is something that for whatever reason, yeah for Samoan people, a lot of times can fall by the wayside. Yeah. And I think that as a Samoan man, uncle, and I know you have a lot of Samoan followers to see you, you know, dedicating time every day to taking care of yourself, taking care of your health. I think that can be really inspiring. And I want to give you a chance because I know we have Samoan listeners and I know we have people listening that maybe they don't, think that they have the time to, sure. to take care of their health or whatever. Sure. If you have any words of inspiration or motivation yeah. for people, where to start, how mm. to start, so anything like yeah. that, that'd be great. Thanks, Josh. That has definitely been a point of emphasis for the Five of Us Brothers. So grateful for this platform to uh, share our music and share the message of hope and love. But the whole physical and, and, and health thing, um, we haven't verbally shared a whole lot about it, but it's so important to us. 
we we would not be able to uh, do it this long, have longevity if we didn't take care of ourselves. Now we're not, you know, masters at this, but it's vital. Mm. Uh, matter of fact, we just came back from uh, Southern California. We were part of a <clears throat> of a funeral there. Uh, one of our cousins, you know, sweet sweet man, went home to be with the Lord. So we we're we we're around a lot of our our relatives mm -hmm. and a lot of Samoans. And uh, a consistent comment was, man, so proud of you guys. You guys are looking good and taking care of yourselves. And, you know, we were all like, man, thank you so much. But it, it is such a big deal with our people mm -hmm. growing up in the island, uh, knowing the, the schedule and just the lifestyle. Man, taking care of your fitness can be difficult yeah. uh, just because of all the things that they pile on your plate as a as a young young person just like I mentioned school and church and all of these things when it comes to taking care of your body that's like if you have a minute you can yeah. do that but that's at the bottom that's at the bottom you know what's fun for our people socially is to get together and and, and hang and have hang time you know when you hear people say hey man let's grab coffee nah, we ain't grabbing coffee mm -hmm. in Samoa man we grabbing a full-on meal yeah. you know we'll We'll talk stories and hang out. And man, when that's the case, it's oof, it's hard. It's mm -hmm. hard to be consistent with uh, taking care of your health, man. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I, um, hey, I'm, I'm proud of you, Josh, man. I've been seeing you in the gym, man. <laughs> Dude, you're man, my motivation. Hey, man, when I see you, man, I'm like, oh, man, yeah. I got to keep going. So. Well, I normally, so just with my schedule, it works out. Like late at night is when I'm usually able to go to the gym. But mm -hmm. every once in a while, I can go during the early afternoon and almost always every time i go then i see you there so i always know uncle jesse will be That's there awesome man um i realized earlier today uh when i was thinking about this this podcast episode that today is actually the birthday of kobe bryant mm. and i was excited that i have you here in the studio uncle just because i know you like you're like me, you love the Lakers and you love Kobe Bryant. Yep. And um, you know, we were talking today about some of the moves that the Lakers are making. But yeah. on his birthday, I would love it if you would share, you know, you see NBA players and, and coaches and stuff all the time share stories about their interactions with Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And, you know, you and I, we weren't lucky enough to, I don't think you we were lucky enough to meet. Have you met yep. Kobe Bryant? Never no. met him, man. Okay, yeah, me neither. Um, but I know you have a lot of memories mm -hmm. of Kobe, as do I. I would love if you'd share your favorite Kobe Bryant memory. Oh, my favorite Kobe, Kobe Bryant memory. Man, this is kind of sad, but it would have to be the day that he passed away hmm. because of the impact that he had on on Boston, my son, that I didn't really know he had. Hmm. Uh, we were in Orange Beach, Florida. We were singing and uh, finished two services, got in the van, and the text started, you know, flowing about Kobe's passing. And, you know, for the first, I don't know, 20 minutes, we just thought, oh, this is a hoax. This is not true. But obviously, it was real. And uh, not a whole lot was said, but I just looked at Boston, and man, Boston was ball and he was in tears mm. and uh it was hard for him to get words out man so when he finally collected himself we're 
back at the hotel we were staying at and uh you know i put my arm around him i said man boss can't believe kobe's gone and so he just started to share with me uh how kobe impacted him just his toughness but all of these things he was able to live it with me Mm -hmm. you know and that was kind of the connection he knew that kobe was my favorite player uh his whole career when he wore number eight when he you know switched to 24 uh i was awake i think i was the only one awake out of the five of us brothers we were getting ready to go on a cruise i was living uh i I wasn't in franklin yet i was in spring hill i don't know what time it was i was folding laundry and I started watching this game and it was against the Toronto Raptors and the game was late because it was in LA LA is two hours behind uh, us here in Nashville and man the game was going and I remember Kobe scoring 25 points in the first quarter and I thought wow man that's pretty impressive but the crazy thing was they were getting beat so bad I just thought man this is odd And then, uh, I can't remember what he had at half. By the time he hit 50 points, I was calling, texting, trying to wake up all the guys. You know, we were getting ready to leave for a cruise the next day and nobody was answering. Nobody was responding to text. And man, I just sat there in amazement. I could not believe that he scored 81 Mm -hmm. points. And so, uh, as far as one of those, you know, breathtaking moments for me with Kobe that would have to be it yeah. watching that game I remember I so I didn't watch the game live but I remember the next day waking up and hearing Kobe Bryant scored 81 Oof. points last night and for some reason we were all together I was with the uncles and and my cousins I remember being with Uncle John's boys okay. Zion and Jet and River and you know we were all young Laker fans and watching the highlights of, of that game and I don't know why I remember this, but it couldn't have been more than like a week later. Mm-hmm. My cousin Zion or Jet, one of them, got a bobblehead. It was a Kobe Bryant bobblehead, and it mm-hmm. said 81 points. Like wow, a week later, they man, had the bobblehead for that. That's how big of a deal that Ooh, game was. We were so man. proud. Like, we scored those points. Yeah. But thanks for sharing that. I can totally relate with Boston that you know I loved Kobe not just because of how great of a player he was but because I enjoyed him with my dad mm. and my uncles and I, a lot of my best memories especially with my dad growing up are memories that I have watching Kobe and the Lakers yeah and I remember the day that he passed away the the first person I called was my dad mm. and I FaceTimed him and I've never, before that or since then, I've never cried mm. over someone I didn't sure. had never met before. Yeah. Um, but I cried hard. Yeah. With me and my dad were just on FaceTime, just crying. And I think it was because on that day, a piece of you know my childhood and my my dad's memories of yeah. me being a kid yeah. ha- had died that day. Mm. And you know, on his birthday. I know we have Laker fans that listen. Uh, I hope that, you know, 
in the words of Kobe Bryant, just be better today. Oh man, and uh, be be a little better tomorrow. So yeah, that's awesome. There's man. my Kobe tribute for great man for today. Um, we can talk about well, since we're talking about sports, Uncle, uh, I want to ask you what do you think a realistic ceiling is for this Lakers season that's coming up? It's, I know we're still a little ways away, but what do you think a Laker fan can expect? Because Laker fans, like you know, we are expecting championship every year. Always. And, you know, whenever we get the championship, it's great. But yeah. I think we also set ourselves up for disappointment sometimes. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure, man. What would you say is a realistic expectation for the Lakers this year? Man, to be honest, I mean, this is not a a cop-out, but the ceiling is just better than last year <laughs> as far as their record and I, and I think they will but man I, I think some of uh, what just took place over the last uh, four or five days uh, brings some sort of uh, comfort and ease knowing that LeBron is committed for the next you know two three years mm-hmm. I think that's something to be celebrated for the Lakers uh, yeah. just knowing that he's going to be there and when someone like that you know, remains, you know that the organization is committed to doing everything that they possibly can to, uh, you know, to accommodate what someone like LeBron yeah. is, is worth. And so uh, I'm hoping that they still make some moves. I mean, man, I, I know you and I were part of a uh, a thread with the rest of the uncles and all the cousins and man i love this thread it is non-stop matter of fact today you posted something this has nothing to do with the lakers but still sports you posted something about a a coach uh getting an extended contract yeah. in college football and man it was pretty impressive and then a few comments uh about it and then you said still seriously underpaid and I, I was sitting there in a meeting, and I read that. And I'm like, "What is Josh thinking? <laughs> Underpaid." But then I started thinking. I'm like, "Yeah, you know, I, I could see where you're coming from with that. You know, uh, the winning program that this coach has built. I could see how it's worth it. But yet, then I think about just the overall scope of our world and different people, like uh, healthcare workers and uh, teachers. I'm like, man." What if they brought this guy's down and everybody else yeah. who's involved in sports and evened it out? What if we, would our society be better? I don't, yeah. I don't really know. I don't really know yeah. how you judge that and all, but I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, that's funny you bring that up. Well, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but there's this map of the United States that um, it shows like you can, because they're public employees, sure. you can see all public employees, their salaries are public, right? Yeah. And you would be shocked at how many states their highest paid public employee is a college football coach. And it's amazing to me the amount of money. The reason I was saying that, just so everyone knows, it was Nick Saban (laughs) that I was talking about. Probably the greatest college football coach ever. Yeah. Whatever. It's like 90 something million. It's an obscene amount of money. (laughs) I think he's getting paid plenty. But I was just saying... You know, I don't know if you could pay. I don't know if you could pay him enough. Yeah. When it comes to winning football games, he's probably the best ever to do it as a, sure. at a college coach level. Um, 
but it is a, an interesting conversation to think. Yeah. Are are we comfortable with our literally our tax money going mm. to to pay college football coaches yeah. like that? And and obviously Josh that's at least for America we I don't want to dive into this but obviously entertainment is huge, mm-hmm. you know, part of uh here in America and what we pour our time and our money into and and I get it. But, you know, then I think of people like Steve Jobs, you know, who impacted his life? Was it a class? Was it a teacher that may have said something or steered his interest into what he did later on? And then look at the impact that iPhones are having Mm -hmm. across the world. You know, do they get paid? uh, Whatever. So, I mean, it just, it can be a, a broad topic and issue, but... Anyways, just just a little bit of my thoughts about yeah. that. Man. No, I think it's interesting. I've had this conversation with my wife. I was having it today, actually. And, you know, in the past, my brother Eli, who's my biggest fan and probably my biggest critic oh, as yeah. well. Oh, yeah, man. He has told me, Josh, you talk about sports too much on the podcast. And he's probably right. <laughs> um, but... You know, I don't just talk about sports just because it's easy for me to talk about, but mm. it genuinely is something that I care about. Mm. And there was a, a clip that I sh- shared with my wife, and it was basically these girls asking this guy, he's about my age, mm-hmm. why do people care so much about sports, especially men? Why do men care so much about sports? Why would someone cry because the Pittsburgh Steelers lost or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the man was the, the guy who was on there was saying, because it's one of, for men in America, it's one of our only escapes Mm -hmm. from, uh, you know, work or politics Mm -hmm. or money or whatever it is. Sports is one of the few things that we have that's like, I just enjoy it because I enjoy it. Sure, I'm not sure. really I'm not getting money off of this. I'm not uh I'm not growing as a person <laughs> from this. I just like watching yeah. the Lakers or yeah. whatever it is, the yeah. Celtics. And um uh, I think it's difficult if you don't love sports, which that's totally fine. Sure. Your life's probably better for it. Mm-hmm. But if you don't love sports, I could see how difficult it is for people to see to understand why there's some people who care so much about it. Well, man, Josh, I, I agree. And uh, and there's two sides to it. I mean, you look back with just sports in general, you know, when you uh, have a family, why sports is such a huge emphasis in your parenting. Man, get involved, get involved, because there's so many life lessons that you can learn mm-hmm. from it. Mm-hmm. Togetherness, unity, discipline, listening, being obedient following the rules. There's so many things. I mean, and then, you know, you get to the next level, middle school, on to high school, on to college, and it just gets more and more, uh, you know, a lot more information to, to help you in your life. Mm-hmm. And so it can, it, it can, uh, you can use it to benefit in so many different areas in life, whether you pursue sports as a career or not, you know, yeah. so there's that side of it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so for all of the Ladies who have husbands who are already talking about the NFL season that doesn't start for another three weeks. 
give him oh, a good hour goodness. or so to just enjoy it every day and and then he'll come back and men make sure that you prioritize your families first yo bro with that man i just gotta shout out my wife i mean i just thought of it now just we've been married for literally 20 years now and man she has i don't think she's ever given me a hard time about my love for sports mm. and how much time that's invested in, mm. in watching it i'm you know we're in a in a fantasy te- uh league and you know, there's a lot of time that, I mean, that's time consuming. And man, Jessica's just been a trooper for me, man. So shout out to, to Jessica. Yes, shout out Thank to, you, to Jessica. I know my wife, she was not used to, you mentioned this, but Laker games are on West Coast oh, time. Man. And so if you're a Laker, a real Laker fan and you live in the Central or Eastern time zone, yeah. You're going to be up late from yes. October through May or June, when uh-huh. it, depending on how long long the season goes. But I remember she couldn't believe that I was staying up till 1 a.m. on oh some nights, goodness. sometimes later, just to watch Laker games. Wow. And that was definitely an adjustment for her. <laughs> um, she grew up a Braves fan, and she's okay. from Georgia. So right. she, got, she got to bed at a decent hour. Gotcha, but if you're man. a Laker fan in Tennessee, you're a night owl Shout for out, sure. Man. Um, all right, I got one more thing I want to talk to you yep. about before we go. So earlier this week, I was, for some reason, on the Katina's Spotify page. Mm-hmm. And I've bugged my dad about this for years. Um, but there, for a long time, there was a good portion of your guys' disc- discography that wasn't you couldn't stream it. It mm-hmm. wasn't on the streaming sites. And one of those albums is my favorite Katina's album of all time, Timeless. Oh, man. And I noticed that Timeless was on Spotify literally a few days ago. Mm-hmm. And so I've been listening to it over and over again throughout the day and uh, wow, just reminded why, why I loved this album so much. But I want to ask you, if you could pick, what is your favorite Katina's album? Hmm. Well, it's interesting, Josh. We were in... We were in San Diego, and uh, your dad had told us that you were listening to the record again. And uh, this is also a record that you listened to quite a bit when uh, you were in college or or something, something along those lines. And so I started listening to the record. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a lot of different favorites, probably songs from different records. But if I can just talk about that record in particular... That record to me is, it puts a smile on my face for different reasons. I'm so, so proud of the production side of that mm. record. Now, that record was probably one of the more expensive uh, ones that we put out. And uh, we had one of the most incredible um, producers produce that record by the name of Brown Bannister. There was a time when he was producing every Christian record in Nashville. Mm. <clears throat> now, being around this Brown Bannister, I don't know if you know much about him. He's an older gentleman, very, very cool. He looks like Steven Spielberg. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, he doesn't play an instrument. I don't think he plays an instrument, wow. but he just has an ear. And so uh, James, uh, your dad, and uh, Uncle Yeti, they they played on 
I would say maybe 30% of that record. Um, the other 70% was we had the top session players, man, from guitar players and bass player and keyboard and drums. And we even had a lot of live strings on that record. Yeah. But man, I got to literally sit through a lot of these sessions and watch these guys work. I mean, it was just phenomenal, man. Mm. It was phenomenal. And so if you've not listened to Timeless, man, I, I would love for you to to download it or you can, you know, figure out how to listen to it. Timeless. <clears throat> it's a uh, record full of classic uh, Christian songs done in our way and some pretty fresh arrangements but i love the production of it yeah i mean uh that's probably some of me and uncle john's better work as far as uh, our lead vocals mm. um that's one interesting thing about recording records you can kind of uh figure out who your favorite vocal producers mm. are there's some producers that they don't have any suggestions for you some producers they have way too many mm. suggestions for you and then there's some that they're, they're just right in the middle. They know how to pull out the best in you. And uh, Brown Bannister would be one. Yeah. Matter of fact, there's this crazy technique. It's on the song called My Tribute. Mm. So we're recording the song. We're all around a mic, which we, we don't do often as much. We record individually. Um, but this particular song, we're around the same mic and we were singing. And Brown Bannister was in the other room. We could see him through the glass. And he goes, all right, guys, I'm right here. I want you guys to make a, a B sound, like and sing the melody that way, but just make that sound. It was the first time I had ever heard of anything like that. So we did it. And uh, I think we stacked it. We layered it probably three or four times. And then when we went back to listen to what it was doing... We were like floored. We were uh, like, wow. We never, it literally sounded like a, a distorted string, string pad huh. on, on a keyboard. But we, we just did it live behind the mic. And so, yeah, man, in the studio, we get to learn all kinds of tricks and uh, uh, see and hear different perspective of you guys different producers. You guys can't see it, but I'm smiling really big right now just yeah. thinking that's such a cool, yeah, I never man. think to do that. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think <clears throat> sonically that album is amazing. I agree. Your guys' vocals are amazing. There's a, it's funny you brought up my tribute cause there's a part of that song, uh, right after the first verse going into the chorus, I think it is mm -hmm. where I, I think the lyric is till I found I owe it. You're singing that lyric yeah. till I found and I can hear I don't even know how to explain it because I'm not a vocalist, yeah. but the way you delivered just the word found was like, to my ear, was like, wow, that was perfect how you yeah. did that. And I'm sure, I don't know if that was all you or if that was produced or yeah. or, or what, but... Yeah, that record, it's, it, it sticks out in my mind because uh, um, we tried so many different things. We worked with a producer by the name of uh, Dan Needham, mm -hmm. which we're currently working with him now. Now, his formula is really different when it comes to ad-libs. He'll have you record ad-libs, and you know, you just kind of fish around to find an ad-lib, and all of a sudden he'll find one, and that ends up becoming the counterpart in the song. Mm. So on that song, 
I did this ad lib and I was just messing around. I said, uh, 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 uh. It was an ad lib. Mm -hmm. Well, if you hear the if you hear the record and that song, that particular lick is all throughout the song. Wow. We ended up stacking it, and I'm like, huh. man, how did that become part of the song? Well, it was an ad lib that I was just kind of messing around with. Um, so yeah, man, it's, just, uh, his ear caught it. Yeah, his ear caught it. Wow. Well, thanks for talking music with me, Uncle. Yeah, if you want to listen to Timeless, and I'll give the the plug. It's on Spotify, Apple Music now. Uh, um, I don't know when it came on, but I've definitely been listening to it, and uh, uh, I've been enjoying it. But thanks, Josh. Uncle, thank you for your time. Thank you for coming by. And it's always an honor to have you here, and I'm looking forward to the next time already. Appreciate it, man. Love you, man. Love you. To those of you listening, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with more episodes soon. Have a great day.